Welcome to Focus on the Family's weekend broadcast. We hope the following program will challenge you and encourage you in your faith journey. Let's say I want my kids to be generous with their spirit and their stuff and their time and their their passion. What are the other things that would need to be addressed? And maybe as a family we sit down and family values, our whole family wants to become more generous. What are the other qualities that are going to be related to that that we need to look for, build up, and talk about? And it makes it, I think, less overwhelming because we don't have to teach 48 qualities like we teach the ABCs separately. We can teach them together and it makes us rich. It makes it more likely that we will become more like Christ and exhibit this biblical character that I, I want them to parent differently for. That's Dr. Kathy Cook, and she joins us to discuss how to build character in your children on today's episode of Focus on the Family. Your host is Focus President and author Jim Daly, and I'm John Fuller. John, we all want our children uh, to do well in this world, to serve others, and to love the Lord. We do want that sincerely. But children, they're not born necessarily with that desire to do good Mm -hmm. to everyone around them. It's something that we need to instill in them. And uh, Gene and I certainly tried to communicate that. We did that in a variety of ways with a variety of measures of success. <laughs> uh, you know, one of the things we did was volunteer work. We went, and, I'll never forget this, uh, shoveling out manure at a animal rescue center. That was fun. Mm. I remember Trent and Troy weren't quite into that <laughs> as much. But volunteering and doing those things, foster care work, I mean, we got the kids involved, especially as they got older. They were really great. Mm -hmm. with the foster kids, so learning to love people in brokenness and things. So how about you? What did you do? Uh, Same kinds of things. Open our eyes. Let's look around. uh, Shovel the elderly neighbor's sidewalks. uh, Look for those opportunities to serve. I should have thought of that one. (laughs) (laughs) There was a day I went out, and I had five kids shoveling snow for the neighbors. We were were kind of a popular family for that. But uh, doing things like mission work and... uh, uh, some of those things worked well, others didn't, but my kids all seem to have a, a real heart for others. So yeah. uh, in some regards, we did see some That's success. so good. And having yeah. that mature and positive character is so important to instill in your children, especially in the culture that we live in today. I don't believe, and maybe I'm just that older generation, that anything good is happening in schools. I'm sure there's many good things happening, but how do they pick these things up? First and foremost, they're going to pick them up at home. Mm -hmm. Well, we have a great guest uh, to talk about uh, raising kids and character. Dr. Kathy Cook is back with us. She's a very popular speaker and author and is the founder and president of Celebrate Kids, Inc., and uh, she's passionate about helping build character and resilience in our families. Uh, She's been on uh, this show many times and has written a great book that uh, really forms the foundation for our conversation today. It's called Parent Differently, Raise Kids with Biblical Character that Changes Culture. And this is a terrific resource. Stop by the website to learn more, focusonthefamily.com slash broadcast. Kathy, welcome back. I'm thrilled to be here. Thanks it's for the It's always invitation. good to have you here. I go out inspired, and uh, now that my boys are in their early 20s, kind of going, oh, I miss doing that one, mm. or I miss doing that. So this is that great kind of preventative thinking about what parents should concentrate on. So we're grateful for all the years you poured into getting your PhD. Oh, and thanks all the counseling sessions that you've had. I mean, it all culminates into great resources, Mm. books that you've written. So 
Always good to have you here. Thanks. It's an honor that God would allow me to do what I do. I sometimes stand before uh, audiences and I'm just stunned that anybody listens to me. It's, <laughs> is you know, that it's, funny? It's so much fun. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's called humility, which is a great characteristic, right? Yeah. It's of one kids. of the top 13 <laughs> yeah, that I write about. Yeah. Hey, let me. This opening story was so funny that I got out of your book. You had this little incident where you had luggage lost by an airline twice, twice. on one trip. <laughs> and. It, it kind of got under your skin. I'm laughing because I've got a similar story, but go ahead, tell yours. Yeah, I normally don't check a bag for obvious reasons, but I was on a multi-event trip, so I had checked a bag. And at two of the places I arrived without that suitcase, and it was frustrating, of course. So I'm in line at 530 in the morning to take the next flight on my itinerary thinking, I bet the suitcase is here. I bet they just didn't deliver it to the bed and breakfast. And so I'm in line, way too many people in line, canceled flights, so lots of people, 531 person at the desk. And I get up there and I'm thinking, this is not going to be good because I'm going to have to slow everything down to ask about my bag. And I'm becoming inside a little bit impatient like everybody around me, but I'm trying really hard to not show it because I'm a Christian and I want to be a good girl. And up from the side walks a woman, are you Kathy Cook? This is so embarrassing. I don't mean to embarrass you, but are you possibly Kathy Cook? And I don't know what you guys do when that happens to you, but I'm like, well, yes. And then she's like, your podcast is amazing. When is your new book about character going to be out? Yes. So I was minutes away from blowing the testimony, right, (laughs) when this woman comes up and it was just this reminder that people are watching. Now, I think we need stellar character to glorify God. I think a primary reason is that we put God on display. We put the Christ-likeness and the Holy Spirit's leading on display when we behave differently from the people around us. But it is also about us. Character is our reputation. It's it's who we are. And, and, And that was profound. And then the rest of the story is, I get on the airplane and I realize that I had been polite. I had said thank you. I, the, the bag was there, by the way. The, so everyone can relax. The suitcase was there. And I didn't say, well, why wasn't it delivered? I just said thank you. And again, I don't want this to be about me, but I sat there and I thought, how did that just happen? Everybody around me was angry and upset and verbalizing their disgust with the airline. And I said, thank you. Well, that was all the character qualities coming together. The only reason you can be patient is because you're generous and optimistic and other-centered and you think well of people. So that was one of the lessons that framed this book, that all the character qualities work together and you work on one, you work on others, and they all benefit, if that makes sense. Oh, it does. I'm just thinking there has to be another time that they lost your luggage and you weren't kind and patient. <laughs> oh, Come on, you... there's got to be another time, Kathy. Is that your story, Jim? No. <laughs> well, mine is funny because it was one of the first. I you know, started at Focus in 1989, so I took a training trip. I was work, working with the donor community and a, a colleague. I won't name him, but it was probably the best, the best training trip I could have taken. We were at Utah, I don't know, Salt Lake City city or somewhere and we go to the counter and they did not have the reservation for the car oh and he was very indignant about that like you know you can make a reservation but you can't keep a reservation kind of language and you know he was a little hot and the person behind the counter goes well sir let me let me see what i could do then he goes oh you work for dr dobson and focus on the family (laughs) and i'm just watching the whole thing Best training lesson I ever yeah. had for yeah. good reasons. You know, yeah. be represent the Lord number one, but right. certainly in Christian work as pastors and everything, and you better you better be presenting what you believe. I think it's really easy to get caught up in the moment oh, and yeah. to be caught up in the people around you. And so, for parents who are trying to be self controlled and really kind, 
get caught up in their kids' whining behavior and the kids' argumentative behavior and they get sucked into that. Like, we're going to talk about that today. Oh, yeah. It, we're going to talk about it. But yeah. let, me, let me start with this because I think when it comes to the parenting challenges, sometimes, you know, kids don't fall far from the tree. <laughs> so if, if you're seeing behavior, are you illustrating that behavior, such as the stuff we're talking about? It, you, you may not even think of it as a major problem. You know, it's my inconvenience, and I have a right to be upset that you lost my luggage or my car reservation, but that's not a Christ-like way to respond. No, no, parents absolutely need to be careful of who they are at all times, especially in front of their children, because children do pick up on it, absolutely. You know, a, a lot is caught and a lot is taught, and so being a role model of who you hope your kids will be is important, which is why we can talk about family values and so many other things that become the focus, if I can use that word, for what you want for your kids. Yeah. You know, uh, this may lean more into a theological question, but, uh, you know, Christians generally believe that we're born with a sinful nature, Mm -hmm. that left to our own devices, we're going to lean into lying about the cookie we took out of the cookie jar. And, you know, it just is present from an early age. And in that way with kids that where we want our children to have good behavior can we instill it? Or what's this battle going on between good and evil with a five-year-old? Well, I'm so glad you brought that up. It is a real issue. And that's why we have to teach character. You know, one of the things I often say to adults is we teach, we drill and skill the one, two, threes. We drill and skill the ABCs and the colors and the shapes and so many things like that. Well, obedience is harder to learn. Character is harder to learn because it goes against the sin nature, which is real. We can't expect kids to just learn by the role model, although there's a positive effect that happens there. Yes, we should be praying for a transformed heart and for a desire to be good and obedient, but we have to teach the difference between patience and impatience. We have to teach the value of respect. We have to teach that. And one of the most important things to teach, Jim, is that you have value because you have value, therefore, Christ-like biblical character matters for you. And if kids don't think they have value, nothing matters. Mm. So we, all, we go back to the very beginning, the very beginning of the message of the truth of the Scripture, that God created you because he wanted you, and he wanted you the way you are. And if you don't um, become biblical in your character, God will lose. Mm. That's big. That's a big statement. Uh, Kathy, you speak to this Maybe tension uh, about beliefs and how they relate to behavior. Why is it important? You're touching on it. Why is it important to identify uh, beliefs in your children, maybe even stronger than behavior? Yeah, I appreciate that we're starting with that question. It's something that I've written about and spoken about so often. You know, how many of us have said to our kids, you know, stop arguing, stop arguing, stop arguing, but it doesn't help. I've never help. said that. Uh, never said that. <laughs> I saw somebody do that. Oh, I, right. I just right, put right. up a sign. I make a sign and just hold up oh, the sign. And does it help? Stop. No, of course no, not. <laughs> because why are they arguing, right? Are they jealous? Then maybe the issue to deal with is jealousy. Are they self-centered? then maybe that's the issue. Mm -hmm. So behavior, negative and positive behavior is rooted in negative and positive character. And belief. And beliefs. So am I worth more than my sister? Therefore, my mom should not have treated my sister that way. Right? Um, I don't have to be patient with grandma and grandpa. You know, they can walk their own pace and I can walk however I want and it doesn't matter because I'm so important. I have to get there first. 
versus a child who believes that respecting grandma and grandpa means I hold their hand and walk slow so that they don't break a hip because their neighbor broke a hip and they're terrified. <laughs> so what do I believe about myself and my capability? What do I believe about grandma and grandpa? What do I believe in my role yeah. there? So to dig under the surface, the behavior is observable, but to go under that surface and talk about those things. You know, again, you're a PhD. You're working with families all the time on correcting behavior, mm-hmm. correcting beliefs, teaching parents how to do this. There is, to me, uh, within the Christian experience of parenting, we, we stress behavior so heavily. Right. You know, sometimes missing heart oh, and belief on. in what's at the core. And it really concerns me. And I, I think we project, we that are addressing these issues, tend to project a perfection that if you get the behavior right, then the heart's going to be right. Uh-huh. It's exactly backward. Exactly. Because what happens is these kids go off to college. And they lose it mm-hmm. because their core was not established. And, you know, frankly, all of us as parents have those weaknesses. I get that. But we we prepare them so poorly because we are rewarding with the gold star the behavior mm-hmm. and not concentrating on the heart and the soul. Because the heart and soul is harder to transform. You have to rely on the Holy Spirit. And again, our consistency and our character shows up there. But absolutely, I think one of the more important chapters in the book is the book, the chapter about obedience and character. When we stress character, we transform the heart for righteousness. And now they want to be well and do well, even when no one is looking and the burden is heavy. Because our heart has been transformed to the things that God loves. Versus a rule-based home, do it this way because I said so. So now kids live under threat, and they're doing well when they're observed so they earn a prize, or they do well when they're observed so they're not punished. And then when they're not being observed, they do whatever they want sometimes because the heart wasn't changed toward the things that would, again, glorify the Lord. It's It's tough, but it's doable. This Focus on the Family broadcast will continue in just a moment. As a new wife and mother, Shelley was trying to figure out her life and faith. Then she found the help she needed. I drank it like a thirsty person would drink water. I just, I loved it. Every day I remember hovering around the radio and listening and learning so much from Focus on the Family. I'm Jim Daly. Together we can give families hope. Donate today at focusonthefamily.com slash family and your gift will be doubled. Feel that nip in the air? It's time to put on fuzzy socks, drink some hot cocoa, and decorate your home with a new season of Focus on the Family's Christmas Stories podcast. This year, we'll talk about the nativity story in the Gospel of Luke. Join us as we chat about how Christ's birth inspires us, how we celebrate the season, and ways we find that childlike wonder again. Listen to the Christmas Stories podcast on your favorite podcast app. Thanks for listening to Focus on the Family. Let's resume now with the balance of today's programming. Kathy, you identify three questions you can ask Mm -hmm. to uh, kind of help you identify where your child's at in their character development. What are they? Right. First of all, how complete is a child's character? 
So there's probably 100 or more character qualities. I chose to list 48 in my book because I didn't want people overwhelmed. And then there's a 48 top. sounds a little overwhelming. <laughs> oh, shoot. No, <laughs> Just no, speaking no. for the yeah. 10 or 13. <laughs> that... Well, remember that. No, that's a fair response. Remember that they're all linked. Okay. So when you work on one, you're actually working on more than that one. Hmm. But there is a Baker's Dozen Top 13 oh, that, okay. I, that I think so. is, is the crux of the matter, if you will. So how many of those character qualities do your children exhibit on a regular basis? So that's number one. How complete is their character? And that includes the positive nature of it. Are they patient or impatient, generous or stingy? The second question that's really valuable is how consistently do they use the character qualities? So many parents have told me that when their kids go to somebody else's house, they're very helpful and they're very cooperative, you know, and they're very kind. But at home, they're not so much that way, partly because unconditional love. So there's nothing my parents can do about it if I'm mean to my dad, you know. But are they consistently over places and time? showing these character qualities. And then the third question that's so important is how automatically do they use the qualities? So what we want for our children is to be parented so well that we have that we don't have to nag them to mm-hmm. be fill in the blank. You know, generous, cooperative, thoughtful, agreeable. They are that. It's not that I do it, I am it. And so it's become as an automatic part of my character. And that's what I that's why I wrote the book that they would have a positive, complete character that they would consistently use those character qualities and they would not have to be constantly told to do so. You know, it's funny. I'm just laughing at that comment about your friend saying, oh, you know, and -and so-and-so stayed the night. They were so great. I had exactly that happen. I hear it all the time. Yeah, You know, Trent was probably 14, 15, stays the night with a friend and Gene's talking to the mom going, wow, yeah, Trent got up and did the dishes for us. (laughs) And we're going, who? Who did that? But then later it caught up. It kind of got in alignment. And which is good, but at that time we didn't see quite that activity occurring. <laughs> you know? right. But to hear it from a friend was funny. Yeah, We're going, I mean, okay, you, he caught it at least that much. Yeah, when he's over. You, yeah, you know they're capable. Yeah, right. So it's a it's a choice when to exhibit that quality. Exactly. Uh, what are the big three? I mean, I tend to like to work from that perspective. Forty eight does sound overwhelming, sure. but yeah. you did list the big three positive qualities that are important to prioritize in your children. So for all of us that like to manage it and bite-sized chunks. <laughs> Tell us what it is. Yeah, I love sharing this. Um, so the first one is gratitude. Gratitude mm-hmm. is called a parent quality. It gives rise to many other character qualities, and it develops spiritual maturity, and it's evidence of spiritual maturity. So gratitude is huge. Again, not circumstantial thankfulness that you're forced to write a thank you note or you don't get another gift, but truly being a grateful person. And then the second one is joy, not circumstantial happiness, um, which is, oh, that's good. Oh, oh come on. It's yeah. so prevalent, right? Celebrating happiness. But happiness fades and happiness doesn't change lives. But, but boy, joy will. And Man, joy, so you know, if, again, if you're a believer in Jesus, you have joy. You have to choose to tap into that. And you also have many reasons to be grateful. So these should not be hard. And then the third one is self-efficacy. And that simply means that I believe I can be effective on my own. Not independent in a really negative way. I still have parents and pastors and leaders and role models. But I believe I can do what I've been created and called to do, self-efficacy. If I don't have that character quality, then I make my mom and dad do everything for me. Mm-hmm. And I use an app to do everything for me. And I never develop that, that honorable skill set that allows me to be, be empowered when I'm out and about. What's so cool about these three qualities is that if I have joy, gratitude, and self-efficacy, I'm more likely to have first-time obedience I'm less likely to argue and debate and present my own point of view. And these are kids who they want to do what's right, 
even when no one is looking and the burden is heavy. Uh-huh. So one of the lessons here, you guys, if we want our kids to have gratitude, joy, and self-efficacy, we have to stop doing everything for them. We have to let them be independent and prove that they can do it. And we need to call out their critical spirit and ask them for something better. And we have we have to, at the beginning, train gratitude and then watch it develop and praise them when they have it so it becomes a part of who they are. Yeah. We can teach these qualities. Yeah. It, you're, you, there's so much in what you just said. I mean, Good. I've got... But that self-efficacy, too, I mean, it's got to be rooted in some confidence. Mm-hmm. And, you know, mm-hmm. today... For young people, there's so many things whacking their confidence, social media, friend groups, sports that they maybe don't make the team or whatever it might be. There's just a lot. It seems like a lot more negativity for our kids today. So how do we as a parent build up the confidence in a healthy way? Not everybody gets a trophy kind of way so that they do develop that self-efficacy, that they have confidence in the fact that they can deliver. Children tell me I wish my parents would teach me, they tell me, and they yell. And I don't say that lightly. Most parents are doing the very best job they know how to do. Mm. So how do kids develop confidence? How do kids develop self-efficacy so that they will have initiative and dependability and responsibility and these qualities that we want for them? We teach them. We talk out loud about how we're doing what we're doing. We tell them about the time in the airport line where we could have been critical and mean-spirited, and we chose to shut our mouth and honor the Lord and be pleasant instead, and we changed culture that day. See, it's your character. The title of my book is very deliberate. Our character changes culture. Boy, that's the fruit of the Spirit. Yes, right? sir. Yes, sir. Um, Kathy, let me ask you, this might be that gold nugget question. We'll see. Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but how would you encourage parents to help their children change the culture instead of letting it change them? So to equip them to change the culture, what you just said, mm-hmm. without the culture changing them in a negative way, right. there's certainly positive things to pick up in socialization, but we're talking about those negative things in the culture. So how do we do that? Well, the negative things are there and they may affect our kids. Um, and yet we must believe that the positives can also affect them and our kids can affect the negative and, be, and so that it becomes more positive. So do we do it? Are they watching us run for school board and standing up for things? Huh. And are they seeing us run for the, or be, put our name on a ballot if your church does it this way for a personnel committee, even though you know it's going to take time because this year you're going to have to hire a youth pastor? Do they see us sacrificing? Do they see us putting other people first? That's a big part of it. And then I think we have to point out to them the little good things they do. A lot of our kids don't realize that the little things they're doing add up. So do we celebrate kids who are changing culture? The kid who didn't bully when they were bullied. The kid who didn't cheat when others cheated. The kid who invited everybody to the birthday party, even though other kids have invited Samuel because Samuel's weird, but your son wants to invite Samuel, your son should get praised for that. Mm. Not necessarily in front of all the kids. Notice my son invited Samuel. But when you put your kid to bed, you say, son, not only did you invite Samuel to the party, but you hung out with Samuel. You actually sat next to him during the cake and ice cream. I noticed that. I love how you loved him. And you put somebody first who others are ignoring. And you might get teased for it, and you know that. But we're raising you to have the kind of character that does what's right, even if there's a burden in doing so. Mm -hmm. That's so good. Kathy, what I love about what you're saying is it's not change the culture, 
you know, the overall culture of the world. It's changed the culture that God has put you in. Yes. The airport situation or the birthday party. That's a small C culture. Yes. But that's making a big difference. It is. And sometimes our children don't know that. Yeah. They, it needs to be called out. Kathy, just a couple more questions. We've run out of time today, but I want to keep this going, and we'll come back next time and Great. cover more. But um, the relationship between character and obedience—should um, we? F- how should we focus on those two as parents? That relationship between character and obedience, or do they just come naturally together? I'd love for them to come naturally together. I don't think they are because obedience is more observable and it's big and it's loud and it's trouble, right? And it's reputation. And our parents don't want to look bad, so they correct their kids' behavior. But That's again, the please and thank you. How many it, times have I told you to say please? Right. Let me just tell parents by the time they're like 16, 17, you start hearing it. Yeah. And you go, wow, <laughs> all those years, they finally got it. That's funny, yeah. <laughs> So they become rule-based and they become, again, people pleasers. They're good when they have to be versus good mm. because they ought to be good and they're capable of being good. So I think, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I think I would have sold more books if I would have called the book Raise Obedient Kids. But I'm right. convinced that raising kids with biblical character changes them forever and allows them to step into numerous situations and change culture. And you feel better about yourself because you be, you're becoming Christ-like and you're yeah. becoming that ambassador for the Lord that we would say that we want our kids to be. It's our character that shows off. It's our, our character is our reputation. Our character marks us. It's what people talk about when they think about us. So it matters deeply. So it's got to be character, um, even though obedience is what is out there. You know, I'm going to say something real quick. If I prioritize obedience, I can actually create negative character. Yes. Does that Tell make us sense? How. It does to me. Because the kids will lie. Because they don't want to be punished. They'll cheat because they have to earn an A because their dad has stressed them out so much. They, so they end up exhibiting negative character qualities to maintain a look of obedience, which adds to the pain of the heart. Yeah. And now they're in the room crying, or now they're irritable and critical and negative and argumentative, and we wonder why. Well, it's because we created this scene that obedience is what we celebrate here. We celebrate a transformed heart, relying on the Holy Spirit, which means we better be praying for our kids. That is so good. And really what we're talking about is giving you the tools out of the toolbox to do that, to make that shift and do better. And Kathy's book is one of the best recommendations we can make. And we did talk about coming back next time. I'd love to. So we'll cover more of it. But uh, what a great resource, Parent Differently. We want to get this into your hands. If you can make a gift of any amount to focus on the family, to touch as many parents as possible, uh, be in the ministry with us, equip yourself to do a better job, and make a gift of any amount, we'll send the book to you as our way of saying thank you. And if you could do that monthly, like John and I do, uh, that's And a, I do. You, oh, thank you, I'm Kathy. a monthly giver. I think everyone should give... <laughs> The, the, the <laughs> difference so you're good. making is well, huge. Well, I appreciate that. I feel like that. It's one of the best investments in ministry. And you know, uh, we've all had a year of overwhelming financial strain, social upheaval, and other pressures upon us. Hurting people could really use some hope right now, and the holiday season is the perfect time to share that hope, the hope that Jesus Christ came to give. And you can come alongside those facing challenges and give families hope through your support of Focus on the Family right now. That monthly pledge allows us to plan and budget for the entire year. And if you can't commit to a monthly amount, we get it. We can send Kathy's book to you for a one-time gift as well. 
And right now, through a special matching opportunity, your gift will be doubled here at the end of the year, dollar for dollar. God's going to use your gift to bring healing and redemption to twice the number of people and families. Donate and get your copy of Parent Differently by Dr. Kathy Cook when you're online at focusonthefamily.com slash broadcast. Or you can give us a call. Our number is 800-232-6459. 800-the-letter-A-in-the-word-family. On behalf of Jim Daly and the entire team, thanks for joining us today for Focus on the Family. I'm John Fuller, inviting you back tomorrow as we continue the conversation with Dr. Kathy Cook and once again help you and your family thrive in Christ. You're listening to Focus on the Family's weekend broadcast. We'll take a quick break and then return with the second half of this program for your family. Stay tuned. It's time to level up. Give your kids a safe, faith-focused, and biblically-based community, and so much more. Join the Adventures in Odyssey Club. Club members get on-demand access to the exciting Adventures in Odyssey series, including more than 900 episodes. With faith-building activities, parental controls, and a safe online community, the Adventures in Odyssey Club could be your best adventure yet. Learn more and start your free trial at adventuresinodyssey.com slash radio. If I prioritize obedience, I can actually create negative character because the kid's alive, because they don't want to be punished. They'll cheat because they have to earn an A because their dad has stressed them out so much. They, so they end up exhibiting negative character qualities to maintain a look of obedience which adds to the pain of the heart. And now they're in the room crying, or now they're irritable and critical and negative and argumentative, and we wonder why. Well, it's because we created this scene that obedience is what we celebrate here. We celebrate a transformed heart relying on the Holy Spirit, which means we better be praying for our kids. Dr. Kathy Cook joins us again today on Focus on the Family. Your host is Focus President and author Jim Daly, and I'm John Fuller. John, one of the things as a parent, especially as the kids are out of the house or almost out of the house, wherever you're at in that journey, so many of us with older children are saying, I wish I could get that do over, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. If I could just do a few things differently, I think think the results would have been better. Hey, today we're going to talk with a very special guest who will give you in that parenting seat some great advice to concentrate on character development, uh, even more than behavior. And that's the cornerstone of what point we want to make. And Mm -hmm. Kathy Cook has done a fantastic job in her book, Parent Differently. It's natural in our culture to want to aim at behavior because it makes us as parents look good Mm -hmm. that the kids are buttoned down, they do everything well. But underneath that, if they don't have the character driving that behavior, you're going to be in trouble when those kids go off to college or leave the home for anything as young adults. Yeah. Yeah, there was so much good content in the last episode, and if you didn't get a chance to listen or watch, uh, hit our website. We've got links to the app, uh, to the YouTube channel, and uh, other places that you can listen. Uh, Dr. Kathy Cook is a passionate champion of children and is the founder and president of Celebrate Kids. She speaks to parents and educators, even children themselves, and her latest book, 
um, is called Parent Differently, Raise Kids with Biblical Character that Changes Culture. Kabang! It's a terrific resource. <laughs> uh, get a copy from us, and, uh, and you'll have a, a different parenting outlook. Uh, the details are at focusonthefamily.com slash broadcast. Man, I just love the title, because that's what we want as Christian parents, our kids to be equipped to change the culture in front of them, right, for God's glory, which is a good goal. Kathy, good to have you back. I'm so glad to be here. <laughs> I'm so excited Thank to you. sit with you a second day, and if people miss day one, they need to go back and, and listen to it, because there's so much rich advice. Let's kick it off. Let's go right into a question I couldn't get to last time, and that is, you know, biblical character versus Christ-like character. Aren't they one and the same? No. Thank you so much for asking. I don't <laughs> think they're the same. And a lot I, of people are scratching their heads going, yeah, they should be the same. Well, one of the reasons I label it biblical character is I think the Old Testament and the New Testament are both important. I think the scripture is full of so many examples for character, not just Jesus. Obviously, Jesus Christ ought to be the role model of all that we become. And there's also Esther and Daniel and Paul, and Moses, and David, and hello, Caleb, and Ruth, and so many who exhibit the qualities that we would want for our lives and for our kids, and let's call those out. Those people are in the scripture on purpose, and we can draw from them great lessons about character, God's way and God's will for us, not just Christ-like, but biblical. Well, let me interject there, because Kathy, it's really funny when you look at the characters of the Bible, because you may not want to emulate their early lives. Right, (laughs) because that's something to talk about. God is dealing with People that are not, they're kind of messed up. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. think of Paul, his great conversion yeah. on the Damascus Road. I yeah. mean, he was a zealot, killing Christians, going after them, doing it out of his religious conviction, and then boom, Jesus gets a hold of him. Then it's a good man to emulate. And then he has a thorn in his side, right? but he doesn't give up or give in. I, there's, it's not recorded that he sits down and complains all day. And he doesn't do what he's called to do. Same thing with David. You know, there's bumps in the road for David's life for sure. But he's called out for being, having a heart for the Lord. So let's teach our kids that yesterday is yesterday and today can be amazing. Yeah. And then there's fruit of the Spirit and Micah 6, 8 and the one another's of the New Testament. And just so many passages that we need to be using to train up our children to be who God's created them to be. So that's why it's biblical character. And, and then speak to the emphasis of Christ-centered character. Definitely. Other-centered. <laughs> I want to make sure that is dominant yeah, here. Yeah, I mean, other-centered, humble, um, carrying the cross all the way to the finish line. So he's the example of perseverance, diligence, effort, humility, teachability, even Jesus. Um, just so much that's there for us. Mm, I, I was going to say that, you know, there's always this conflict, it seems, between truth and grace. And of course, huh. Jesus was all of that. But so often we look at the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, meekness, mm-hmm. and we're going, oh, well, those aren't really competitive, win, zero-sum game attributes. Mm. <laughs> They're the exact opposite. And they tend to war against our fleshly nature. Sure. So how do you – you're teaching a 12-year-old, okay? Oh. critically critically important and let's like meekness isn't weakness like my pastor teaches we've got to teach the words and you guys we have to use the words and and use them well and catch our kids being good and don't just say hey you were good but say i noticed 
that you took a back seat and you let your brother shine in his moment. I'm so proud of you mm. for not indicating that you were jealous or afraid or disappointed, but you celebrated your brother. And that that's our value, that we're a family that is together in unity. And thank you for showing us that today. Yeah. Kathy, the practical side of all this, let's kick off where we left off last time and speak to uh, the core needs that our children have. Mm-hmm. I think every parent should memorize these. Oh, thanks. But what are those core needs that children have and that we as parents need to answer so that they can be healthier? Right. So security, who can I trust? First and foremost, it's the firm foundation, I pray. And then identity, who am I? We have to know who we are. By the way, we have an identity crisis in our culture because Terrible. we have a security crisis. Right. When kids don't know who to trust and who to listen to and who to believe, they'll go wherever the wind blows them. And then belonging, who wants me? Purpose, why am I alive? And competence, what do I do well? And one of the points I make in the book is that it's our character that causes these needs to be met. Now, it's primarily God, the triune God. God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit meets these needs. And yet we also have a role to play. So when children are discerning, they can be secure. When children are honest, they can have a healthy identity. When children are helpful and friendly and loyal and dependable, their friendships become better and they won't be angry that they're lonely all the time. When children have hope and optimism and other-centeredness, they'll believe that they were created on purpose and they won't succumb to the doubt and to the negativity in our culture. And when they have skills and ability and they're careful and they persevere and all of that, then they have competence and they can be who God's created them to be. So character matters. It, It matters tremendously because these are why we are struggling and character is a way to settle them mm. in adults. Well, yeah, and give adults, them confidence. And then for kids as well. Make yeah. sense? Yeah, absolutely it does. You refer to something called the pyramid effect yeah. related to this. What, yeah. What's the pyramid effect and how do we apply it for children's character? Yeah, I appreciate that question. So let's go to identity. Identity is who am I? So do kids define themselves as I respect myself, I, I use effort without fear, I'm brave, I'm honest, I'm... I'm patient with grandma. So identity, then that allows me to be secure in myself because I know who I am. And so it goes down the pyramid, not instead of God, but in addition to God, I know who I am. And I don't have to have somebody looking at me to make me be good. I can be good because I'm good because God is changing my heart because the Holy Spirit is real in my life. And then my belonging will be healthy because I'm agreeable and I'm patient and I have, hum- I'm humil- I- I have humility and I respect myself. And then if I have belonging, I have people to serve and I'm in healthy relationships, then I believe I have purpose because we live out our purpose by influencing others. Mm. That's how character changes culture, by being influential with other people. And then our competence comes again from that identity that, okay, I respect myself, I have self-control, I'm brave, I'm compassionate, I'm careful, I'm diligent. This is who I am, and this is who I'm going to show up. So there's a spelling test. There's a math test. There's a piano recital. There's an opportunity to shovel snow at the neighbors, like we talked about yesterday, or the example of shoveling manure that you talked about yesterday. (laughs) I should have thought of snow. But no, that's a real example of doing hard things that we don't necessarily want to do. But by the way, when I ask young people, how do you find your skills, your passions, your talents, and your delights? By serving. 
I can't tell you how many young adults and how many teenagers have raised their hands to tell me that when they served, when they initially did not want to do what dad told them to do, they found themselves. Mm -hmm. And why? Because character shows up when you're in a difficult place or not, but it often does because you're raising your kids to be well and do well when no one is looking. In fact, that kind of leans into the next question. What are the strengths that our children may possess? How do we identify them? And then how do we encourage them to use them? in everyday life. Yeah, it's such an interesting question. I've been on the broadcast before to talk about how kids have so many strengths, but how many of us have found that their strengths get them into trouble, right? (laughs) So as an example, the three of us are word smart and we can talk up a storm, but too much talking isn't good when you're supposed to be listening. So what character Have you been talking to Jean? No. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think she might recommend to me. I live with myself, you know. But we we need self-respect so that we believe that we are worthy of biblical character and we want to use the qualities well because we respect ourselves. And we need self-control so we can use the qualities well so that Chatty Cathy is able to be quiet and put listening first because I put other people above myself. And then the third quality that'll change us is respect for others because character shows up in relationship. I don't want biblical characters so that I'm known to be a good person. Mm. I want biblical characters so that God is on display and so that people are loved and honored and helped and delighted and full of joy and gratitude. If we can spend time with people and change them, again, we change culture. So self-respect, I'm a person worthy of biblical character. Mom and dad need to teach me who I am because I matter. Self-respect. Not I'm better than you are, but I'm capable of, wow, wait until I grow up, right? (laughs) And then self-control so that I can use all the strengths in good and honoring ways. Mm -hmm. Self-control is um, being able to use the strengths for good and not evil, and it's impulse control. Imagine this, Mm. where kids don't automatically do what they could do, but they slow down and they stop a moment and wonder if it would be good for them. Kind of front brain context. And you you know what? Judgment. Yeah. And another thing about self-control that I found really interesting, if you think about it this way, when we are self-controlled, we are making decisions based on values, not circumstances. Mm. So we've got to teach our children our values. In our family, we do things this way. So now when they're out and about and we're maybe not there mm-hmm. and they could be tempted to do or be somebody, they're thinking, wait, but my family values. So that's self-control. Yeah. It's so rich. And then again, the third one, respect for others, so that I want to use my strengths only to bless other people. Those three, along with joy, gratitude, and self-efficacy, if we just do those six, we'll be doing a really good work for the life of our kids. Yeah, that is so good and so doable, right? It it's is. It's not impossible. No, we we have to slow down and want it for ourselves and our kids. Well, it says, you know, to become, so many say to become a student of your child. That's what this is talking about. Uh, You're working on your doctorate uh, just a few years ago. And, uh, (laughs) and you're thinking, okay, I'm, I'm starting to gain this knowledge. And then, Jesus, like he often does through the Holy Spirit, decides to teach you a little lesson (laughs) while you're working on your doctorate. What happened and what did he teach you? Oh, it's so fun to talk about this. So yeah, forever ago, earning a PhD, and one of my assigned topics was effective teaching. So I was assigned certain books and then I could choose certain resources that I wanted. I went back all the way back to the 1800s in the one-room schoolhouse, Mm -hmm. what made a teacher good. And then no joke, like the Holy Spirit waxed me upside of the head and he's like, you might want to study Jesus. He was the best teacher who ever lived. <laughs> right? Good. I mean, think about it because we're and still— you're at a secular college. I was at a secular yeah, college. Yeah, this is even better. So I had to be really careful. And yet, you know, Jesus, we're still teaching what Jesus taught. And he was just profoundly gifted at this. And the thing that struck me 
was he was different from everyone around him because of the beliefs he had about his students, whether those were the learned, the, the, the men, the women, but the children. The children back when Jesus walked on earth were the forgotten generation. You know, if mm. you were, they were swept behind mama's skirts. Nobody paid attention to them until their moment of becoming adults. And yet when the learned men, like who among us is the greatest, Jesus called a child out. And I picture the men mumbling, did he hear the question right? Uh, <laughs> I you can know? imagine. Because can't you see the look on their faces? Yeah. Like, can't wait a that. second. That can't be true. No. And then Jesus, when you know the, the disciples, the people wanted to bring children to Jesus, and the disciples rebuked the people. And Jesus said, no, let the little children come to me. You guys, Jesus was more important than we'll ever be, with a more important agenda than we'll ever have, busier than we will ever be. And yeah. he said, let the little children come to me. And mm. if you continue in that scripture, it says, because in essence, they thirst for heaven. Yes. They thirst for the kingdom. Yes. And that child's attitude, that child's, you oh. know, pure, want to learn nature. For us know? to not get in their way, yeah. right? Which is so challenging. I, mean, I think that's what Jesus was going after. These kids are acting like the kingdom. Yes. And that is this this sponge that wants to be filled with truth. I love that. And I think it's so good. And I want us to believe those things for our children. And I want us to understand that when children know they're valued, they're teachable. Yeah. When children know that they matter to you, they're not an inconvenience or not in your way, but they matter to you, then you earn the right to teach these hard things like respect for others and putting others first. It, it's kind of odd to think of that, though, that Jesus was saying, these kids have better wisdom than the Pharisees and the scribes. Oh, seriously. The learned ones. That's mm. pretty interesting. And well, I think another point real quick is that to teach the novice is often easy, right? Like I'm, I do believe yeah. that any adult listening to us can learn these qualities. Character is always something we can become better at. And yet to teach the one who doesn't know much is easier because you don't have to start from a bad platform. You can start from scratch. This Focus on the Family broadcast will continue in just a moment. God wants true disciples, ones that think like him, talk like him, walk like him, disciples that bring shalom to the chaos of this world. Pursue that path with the RVL Discipleship Series. Bible scholar Ray Vanderlaan will give you the tools to understand the Bible more deeply and inspire you to be a passionate follower of Christ. Watch the first episode at rvldiscipleship.com. Thanks for listening to Focus on the Family. Let's resume now with the balance of today's programming. Okay, Kathy, this next question is so close to my inadequacy, it hurts to ask it, but I need to. Okay. And that is, uh, you know, getting practical on how we can teach character to our kids. Why is it important to not overprotect our mm. children? Mm. I tend to do that. I really do. It's, it is my parenting weakness. I appreciate your humility. It's a great quality that you have. <laughs> And there's others who are absolutely in your space. I'm thinking 80% of us as parents yeah. might fit this. Yeah, and, and sometimes it's because we don't want to look bad, and it's sometimes because we, we really don't want our kids to hurt. I would say mine is just I don't want them to go through the pain I went through. Yeah, yeah. So and, the the idea is noble, but the outcome may not be so noble. <laughs> exactly, because w- if I ask you, did you gain anything from the difficulties, you would say yeah, yes. Right. You know, if we read you know Romans 5 and James 1 – we read that walking through the difficulties 
is what gives us more of a biblical character and also more of an awareness of who God is for us. When I ask my audiences, how many of you have better character and, and greater faith because of the challenges, the hands go up. And also when I ask, do you value greatly the things you've worked hard for? Every Absolutely. hand goes up. Yeah. So we can't, if we overprotect, they lose. Yeah. So we need to back out and we need to leave the room and we need to let the consequences do their work. Now, please make sure you understand me. I'm not saying watch a kid get hit by a car. You know, yeah. if your kid's going to run out, out into the street, yell stop. Don't or stand spiral there. down. Yeah, or spiral addictions down. Addictions or yeah. something. Don't get stand engaged. there and go, what would, yeah. what would Dr. Kathy want me to do? No, but in the day-to-day living of life, they need to suffer the consequences of their choices. If they don't study, they earn a C. It wasn't that the teacher was mean. They earned a C because they forgot to study. If they don't grab the jacket, even though you told them it's going to be windy by the time they come home and they get cold and they complain, you look them right in the eye. You chose to not believe me and you chose to not bring a jacket. You are suffering the consequences of your decision. I hope next time you'll listen to me. These are the real conversations that we have to have. No, it's true. I'm laughing because I did all those backward. <laughs> I'll run that jacket down to you. Don't worry. You need and, to be warm. And you know what, Jim? A little bit of that is fine. Yeah. A little bit of grace and mercy goes a long well, way. Well, it does demonstrate those characters. Absolutely. You know, I love you enough to do this for you today. Don't count on me all the time. Mm-hmm. And then we, we teach the kids that, that policy, if you will. Kathy, also in the book, you mentioned four ways to communicate in a helpful way. (laughs) I think that's good (laughs) emphasis in a helpful way. There's lots of unhelpful ways we Mm -hmm. parents can communicate. What did you do? I cannot <laughs> believe you did that. That is an unhelpful example. Yeah, I would agree. <laughs> and John, do you have a helpful one? Uh, I can only aspire to what you just said. Maybe you could do better dream, next yeah. time, sweetheart. Yeah. Mm. Something yeah, like better. that. But yeah. anyway, get to the point there on uh, helpful ways. One of my favorite ways to teach character to children is to use the word choice. Because every behavior starts with choice, and all choices are rooted in a worldview, which is why we want it to be a biblical worldview. And you're saying use that word with Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, you chose to slam the door. No, it just slipped. No, you chose to slam the door. door. Doors don't slam on their own. You know, you chose to talk back, which demonstrates a disagreeable spirit. You know, you chose to not study. You chose to cause your child, your sister pain. You chose to talk back. You chose to cheat. Well, no, but everybody around me, you chose to cheat. Put it on them, you guys. As hard as that Mm -hmm. is, if they don't understand that they made decisions, they won't know that they can change their decisions. Yeah, there's an empowering here for parents to equip their kids to understand that in the background, there's always something that they can choose to do, right? Yes. Because I think I I was guilty of, of kind of prescribing, this is what you do. And I've gotten to a point in my ripe old age of saying, well, you could choose to do that uh, and letting go of the consequences. Yes. Let the consequences do their work. Yeah. So there's three more. What are they? Right. I like the phrase, you are being careful, you are being diligent, you are being other-centered. Because in reality, we are not something 24-7, 365, as much as I wish that we were. So if you say you are careful, it sounds like they are consistently careful. But when you say you're being careful, it reinforces the word Choice. Hmm. And it's action, not character. I love it. It's, it's character showing up in action. Yeah, observable. but I, what I mean is sometimes as parents, because we don't do that, we're, it feels to the child like we're attacking them. Oh, yeah, good point. Their person, Their person. Right, rather right, right. than the behavior. Right. So when you're saying you're being, yeah. you're actually going after the, the behavior and not them as the person. Yeah, I, I love like that. that. Yeah, so you're being lazy. Well, no, I'm not. No, you are being lazy. You are choosing to sit and just veg in front of the game while everybody else in the family is busy 
taking care of business and you're watching us. As opposed to saying you're lazy. Right. Right. Because doesn't that sound just more like an Terrible. attack? Yeah. So you are being, and then a, a good quality, or you are being in a negative quality, and then you follow up with that. I think that's really powerful and hopeful. And then another thing that I write about in the book, I've written about in other books, and that is the benefit of specific compliments and specific corrections. So again, using the right words. So instead of saying you are good, which is just almost a non-word, good means I've judged you and I'm happy, but it doesn't allow them to do it again. Right. We can say you are generous. You are outgoing. You are compassionate. You are being careful. You are being you are being compassionate. You are being careful. Much more specific. It, it is. And it allows the kids, back to that word empowering, mm-hmm. they want to be well. So many of my kids, they, they tell me, I don't mean to be a problem, Dr. Kathy. I want to be well. And so they need to know. And the same thing with a specific correction. It doesn't help a kid to say, I don't want any more of that attitude. Right. I had a kid look at me once. And Which go, attitude is it? It's the only attitude I have. I mean, big trouble, you know. So I, I didn't want... know I had other cards in the deck. Yeah. So you know, rather than being yeah. disagreeable, choose to be agreeable. Here's how you can do that. Yeah. So being specific in our language, but again, you guys, it means that we slow down, and that we're careful observers, and that we have the heart of our children in mind. Oh, that's good. So good. Speaking to uh, teaching connected qualities. Now we're talking about your PhD language. <laughs> what, what is the idea of teaching connected qualities? This was, the, um, this was exciting to me. You know what? I don't write because I like to write. Good heavens. I like to think. I like it when the Spirit delivers new insight. And no joke, back to something we talked about in the first episode when I was in line at the airport and my luggage had been lost and I was, I was discouraged and I started to almost complain like everyone else around me. But I realized that it wasn't just that I was patient, which allowed me to be quiet. I'm optimistic. I'm opt- I, I put others first. I tend to think well of people. And, I'm, and though it's a connected thing, there's, there's a web of traits related. So as an example, forgiveness. If we want our children to learn the quality of forgiveness, which is so rich, they have to be humble. They have to be other-centered. They have to be brave. If you want children to be patient, and I've used that example a lot today because impatience is prevalent in our culture Mm -hmm. because of technology. Everything is easy, quick, and about me. You want your kids to be patient. That requires that they have compassion for people around them, that they recognize the situation they're in. So I'm going to slow down and, and not make them more irritable. I have to be cooperative and be a part of the team, whether that's school, family, or church. I need to be flexible. Flexibility is one of my top 48. Not rigid, I'm going to do it my way or the highway, but flexible. So grandma's sick and we can't go. I'm not going to complain all day. She's probably more unhappy than I am. Mm. And I'm going to choose to be flexible, which then allows me to be patient in my situation. So again, what I want from for the reader here, Jim, is that they see a quality they want to instill in their children, and it's legit. Generosity. I was stunned at how important generosity is in the research. Let's say I want my kids to be generous with their spirit and their stuff and their time and their, their passion. What are the other things that would need to be addressed? And maybe as a family, we sit down and family values. Our whole family wants to become more generous. What are the other qualities that are going to be related to that that we need to look for, build up, and talk about? Mm. And it makes it, I think, less overwhelming because we don't have to teach 48 qualities like we teach the ABCs separately. We can teach them together, and it makes us rich. It makes it more likely that we will become more like Christ and exhibit this biblical character that I, I want them to parent differently for. That's so good. I hope so. 
And uh, you can get a copy of this book. I'm going to make it super easy. Why don't you join us in ministry, either make a one-time gift or a monthly gift, and we'll send you a copy of Kathy's book, Parent Differently, as our way of saying thank you for being in ministry with us. And if you can't afford it, I often say this, just get in touch with us. We're going to trust others. We'll cover the cost of that. Maybe you're in a position to do that. So help us get this resource out to more people. And you know, thousands of people reach out every day to focus on the family for that help. Couples heading for divorce, parents who are stressed, and others who just have other difficulties. You can come alongside those folks and give families hope through your financial support of Focus on the Family. God will use your support to provide biblical resources and programs to save and strengthen families just like yours. And right now we have a special match opportunity going on in which your year-end gift is doubled dollar for dollar, and twice as many individuals and families can experience healing and redemption thanks to your support. Donate and get your copy of the book, Parent Differently, when you're online at focusonthefamily.com slash broadcast, or call 800-the-letter-A-in-the-word-family, 800-232-6459. On behalf of Jim Daly and the entire team, thanks for listening to Focus on the Family. I'm John Fuller inviting you back as we once more help you and your family thrive in Christ. Is your marriage holding on by a thread? For deep hurt, you need deep healing that only comes from the Lord. And you'll find it at a Focus on the Family Hope Restored Intensive in Michigan. Our licensed Christian counselors will help you and your spouse get to the root of your issues in just three to five days. And it works. 80% of the couples are still married two years after attending. Learn more at HopeRestored.com and talk with a trusted advisor. That's HopeRestored.com.